0: Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 19, verse 9. Let's go. Verse 9. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy, so here we go, verse nine. And he said to me, and this is in quotes, write. So he's telling John to write this down literally. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Warren Wearsby said, Revelation nineteen nine contains the fourth of the seven beatitudes found in the book. Uh, see Revelation one three. Certainly, the bride is not invited to her own wedding. This invitation goes out to the guests, believers from the Old Testament era and the tribulation. During the eternal state, no distinctions will be made among the people of God, but in the kingdom age, that's the millennial kingdom, differences will still exist as the church reigns with Christ and as Israel enjoys the promised messianic blessings. I think Warren Wearsby said it very well there. So, we the church are the bride. The friends of the bridegroom who are called to the wedding are the Old Testament Old Testament uh, saints, Old Testament believers such as Abraham, David, etc. This is uh most likely, I believe, when the Old Testament uh believers get their resurrected bodies. We the we the church already have our resurrected bodies because we get them at the rapture. And if we see here it says blessed are those. So are you blessed if you're called to God? Are you blessed if you're called to the marriage supper of the lamb? Absolutely. But don't think you're excluded if you're not one of these Old Testament believers or if you're in the church age, right? God had us born at a specific time for a specific purpose. The Jewish people, the nation of Israel, had a special place in God's plan to go forth, be light to the world, and tell the world about God and the coming Messiah. Then the Jewish people, when Jesus was on earth, largely rejected him, called him a blasphemer, uh, wanted him to be crucified, which they ended up getting their way. And then Jesus was crucified, of course, and rose from the dead. And then there was Pentecost. From Pentecost, and it continues now, we're the church. We play a different role than Israel. Anti-Semitism is completely wrong. It's completely understandable, but it's completely wrong. Anybody in history who has hated on Israel or the Jewish people is hating on God himself. God created Israel for a specific purpose, and he has the church for a purpose. One of the old mysteries, and a mystery is just a spiritual truth that's been hidden until a certain time and unveiling, if you will. One of the mysteries that the Jewish people didn't understand was that Gentiles, think non-Jewish people, Gentiles would be grafted in as well as the Jewish people who believed in Jesus, the coming Messiah. Those who missed him will not be part, will not get into heaven. Why? Because they can't get there by deeds. They can't get there by their 600 and something laws. Of course, they can't even obey them. Jesus is the law. He is the fulfillment of the law. The purpose of the Ten Commandments was not to say, do these ten things and you will earn your right to heaven. Do these two things perfectly or do these two ten things well and you will earn your right to heaven? No. It was simply to show us that we can't keep the law. Here's ten simple rules. Just keep these ten things. He he told Adam and Eve, just don't do one thing. And what did they do? They did that one thing they weren't supposed to do. For Jewish people, the law, the Ten Commandments, of course they apply to all of us, but he was giving it to them to say, you can't be good enough. You can't be perfect enough because you're not holy. You're not righteous. Number one, you were born with sin. That's imputed sin. Number two, you do just fine sinning on your own and breaking the commandments, breaking the laws, right? If you look at someone with lust, that's adultery. If you have anger in your heart towards as someone, that's murder. All of us have stolen at some point. All of us have lied at some point. All of us have coveted at some point. So you can quickly see that we're sinners. And we need a Savior. So the great thing about the Old Testament and, and one of the key things to witnessing to people is helping them understand that they're sinners in need of a Savior. Because if they don't believe they're a sinner, then they're not going to think they need to be saved from anything. And every other religion in the world focuses on what to do. Christ, Jesus, paved the way, and he's the only one. Of course, he's the only God. But it's the only, I hate calling it a religion, because I think it's a relationship, but it's the only place where you can truly understand that you can come to be in the holy presence of God because you're declared to be holy and righteous, not because of what you've done, but because of what he has done through his son, Jesus. And that is called grace, giving us more than we could possibly deserve. And uh, uh, mercy is giving us less less punishment than we deserve. So it says, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb, if you will, we got into this last time, is uh, at the wedding or post-wedding, and celebrating the marriage of Jesus, who's the groom, with the church, which is the bride. These other people aren't excluded. They're called to join the wedding to celebrate, and they do. And people during the tribulation will have come, many of them will have come to uh, believe in Jesus and accept him as God and their Savior and repent of their sins. But still the majority during the tribulation will not. And then it goes on to say, and it says, And he said to me, These are the true sayings of god and i fell at his feet to worship him let's go back he said quote these are the true sayings of god john felt so uh, what's the word i want to think of emotional drawn in understanding he was just feeling the presence of god because of what this angel was telling him that he decided to worship him. But what does the angel said? It says, but he said to me, see that you do not do that. All right, let's dig into this. Like John himself, this angel was only a servant of God. Let's look at Hebrews 1.14. And they not all, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? The angels are ministering spirits sent forth for the purpose of ministering to those who will inherit salvation. You see, we have something, believers have something that angels don't have. And unbelievers have something, have the potential for something that angels don't have, and that is salvation. Since the angels have never sinned, they don't need salvation. Since the angels have never sinned, they don't get to experience that salvation. We as believers... When we accept Jesus, and if you're not a believer, I pray that you do. Because from that moment, you get to say, it's not just raising my hand or filling out a card saying, I'm a member, I'm part of the club, the fraternity. It's truly a change. It is, you are born again. And when you're born again, you should look at God and life with a whole new lens, a worldview is what we call it, saying we're here for a purpose. I am so thankful that God forgives me and forgave me and will forgive me of my future sins and my past sins and my present sins. And that I don't deserve to be with him. And yet he decided to adopt me into his family, if you will. So that offer for adoption is universal. He says to the whole world, right? For God so loved the world, not some people, the world, that he gave his one and only son. And he says he wants that none shall perish. Well, if he died on the cross only for a select an elect few then it wouldn't be atonement for all. It would be selective atonement. No, it's a universal invitation, but you must accept it individually. You can't say, well, you know, for three generations now, my parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents were believers, so that makes me a believer. No, it doesn't matter if you go to church twice a year. It doesn't to matter if you go to church 52 weeks a year, plus on Wednesdays for 104 times a year, and you read your Bible every day. The question is, have you truly accepted Christ? Do you truly appreciate what He did on the cross for you? And that God is forgiving all of your sins, even the one that you're going to commit today, or the two, or the twelve. The angels don't get to experience this because they never did that. So, here is just an incredible application to see why the Catholic Church gets it wrong. And there are some Catholics who are saved. No question, in my opinion. But there are many who are not. And the church as a whole has a lot of blasphemous, um, heretical things that they do that are outside of the Bible, outside of God's will. For example, Catholics worship entities. They worship people. They call them saints. They give them sainthood, and they say, well, they performed these miracles. No, God performed the miracles. And he works through people sometimes to perform his miracles, and sometimes he just does Things without people. Uh, and, and many Catholics revere their priest, thinking they have to go through that person in order to get to God. No, no, no. Jesus was from the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is the high priest. Because of his death on the cross, we now have a ladder that goes straight to heaven. And kind of think of... Angels on the ladder of Jacob's ladder climbing up and down that ladder. We no longer have to go through an intermediary. We no longer have to go through a priest or a high priest to get access to the throne, to talk to God, to have that relationship. We have immediate and full access and ability to talk to God, to be with Him, because it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So if you ever have or considering worshiping a saint, or saying a prayer of a saint, or standing at the feet of Mary, or anything like that, don't do it. Don't do it. It is so ridiculously unbiblical. Just read the Bible. And here it is saying it one more time for us. So, here John is told by an angel, don't worship me. So don't you agree that it's wrong to worship a statue or a person that a person that an entity of the Catholic Church deifies with sainthood, completely wrong. Don't do it. God alone is the only one worthy of worship. And then he says, <clears throat> the angel says, I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. I am your fellow servant. Servant. This is an angel saying, this, I am your fellow servant right? We're not to worship angels. We're not to worship what the Catholic Church would call a saint. We're not to worship our pastor. Our pastors are fallible just like we are, right? They sin. We sin. They're not up there standing from a position saying, look at me. I'm celibate. I'm unmarried. I I don't talk. I live on a mountain all alone in the woods. You're still going to sin. Like the story one of my pastors told me about a blind guy and he he, said to the, he asked the blind guy, he said, what's your biggest sin? And the guy said, adultery and lust. And the pastor says, you're blind, you can't even see. He goes, yeah, but that's my biggest sin, that sin. That's what I think about. So you can s- segregate yourself from society. You could be the Amish and go off and say, oh, we're going to create this perfect place. There's going to be no crime, no anger. We're going to share everything, be in community. And if you look at the Amish communities, you'll see that they have same problems that everybody else has right? So we can't separate ourselves, and God doesn't call us to do that. He calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. He wants us to witness to those people around us, because that's how we came to know Christ, most of us. Of course, there's general revelation. There's some people who aren't being witnessed to, who still come to believe in Jesus and God as the one true Savior, the one true God. He says, worship God right here. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now tomorrow we're going to talk about prophecy. We're going to go back to the Old Testament because I meant, as I mentioned, the War of Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon, however you want to phrase it, is not really mentioned in Revelation. We've got to go back to the Old Testament. So we're going to go in and we're going to look at Daniel and Jeremiah and Joel and Isaiah and Zechariah and we're going to see some really cool stuff that's surrounding this so we're going to dig back into the old testament because we can't you know favor the old testament or the new testament they're both incredible and they're interwoven like a tapestry like a mosaic and um, it's just gonna be awesome so hope you uh, got a lot a lot out of that today and again we don't want to worship angels we don't want to worship saints we don't want to worship priests or pastors we have because of jesus's death on the cross we have direct access. To God. He wants to be our friend. If you look at the uh, Islam, for example, they don't believe that a person can have a close personal relationship with God. We completely disagree because the Bible tells us that we can. <clears throat> In fact, he came <clears throat> and loved us so much that he died for us. So, Lord, thank you. Help us to understand these truths, to understand that you alone are worthy of praise. You alone are worthy of glory. We are not righteous. We are sinners. But your son died on the cross. May that universal offering, with his hand spread wide on that cross, saying, I love you, just come to me. I want to adopt you into my heavenly and eternal family. May we respond to that call, Lord. May we say, yes, Lord. It's the only appropriate answer. And if we don't say, yes, Lord, then help us understand the consequences and give us heavy hearts for those around us, family, friends, neighbors, colleagues. Who don't know you that we wouldn't be mad at them or judge them that we wouldn't think of ourselves as better than them we used to be right in that same position lord but help us to love on them so that they can see the hands and feet of jesus so that they'll listen to what we have to say about jesus sharing the gospel with them that they may come to christ i pray that for all of us today lord in your amazing name amen Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.